Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Hey everybody. This is the Man Apart Podcast. Episode 9. And it's going to be titled, Why God Why? Part 2. So just like in Episode 2. I spoke about a little boy, Ezekiel Harry, and it made me question and really shake up my faith in God. Right? I put it I kind of put myself out there because where I'm from, it is a very predominantly Christian community. I wouldn't say as predominantly Christian as where I grew up at, but there's a lot of there's a lot of deep, deep pockets of Christianity all in Livingston Parish and even in Denham Springs. So I know this might feel like an uncomfortable subject to listen to, but I'd hope that anybody who is of the Christian faith can understand where I'm coming from and just know that I'm just a man like anyone else. I have questions from my Creator and then. Honestly, I really don't believe that there's any good answer that a, a human being can give me until I go see him at the pearly gates, right? Even if, if whether or not it does exist or not to you, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is, is that I grew up believing that there's a God who's all-knowing, who's all-seeing, who's all-powerful, who protects his people. You pray to him. You live a very pious, serving, just loving life towards your fellow mankind. At least that's the basic principles and teachings. And obviously, what's put on paper isn't always what's translated in action and in word and thought for a lot of people. Because everybody's journey is different. I used to joke with people jobs and everything like that because I'm a truck driver right so people would 
sometimes I get harped on for mistakes I made or or anything like that. I just pull out my license and I go, yep. I look at it, right? I go, yep. Well, why don't you look at this? And I'd show my license. It's a DC Jesus H. Christ written on there. And I'd laugh and I'd say, don't expect perfection out of me. Because you're not going to get it. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. But I can learn from those mistakes. We'd laugh, share, chuckle. It was nice. As I get older, and me and my wife both want to start a family, these stories that I hear about children, whether they're molested, raped, murdered, abused, physically or sexually, it really bothers me deep down in my core, and my soul. Because most of it is senseless. A lot of it is. Not, not, all of it is. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say most of All of those cases are senseless. There's no understanding that I have for it. I can't fathom a why. I can't fathom an answer to the question why. What I also can't fathom is why and how. There is no protection for these kids. So obviously the free will answer comes into play. The grand plan answer somehow comes into play and all that. I just, I don't get it. I, I can't understand it. I can't understand that there is a a God in this world, a Jesus in this world, who even quotes Isaiah in his in his life, saying, "These are the apple of my eye, and anyone that harms them will have to face the Lord." I'm paraphrasing that verse. For those who actually memorize it, good on you. It was a story about how Jesus had little children gathered around him and they were trying to gather and they were trying to shoo the little kids away from him and everything and he said, No, they're the apple of my eye. So I can't understand how the apple of God's eye, children, get harmed the way they do. What I also can't fathom either is that how there's there's supposed to be agencies and people in place and they fail miserably. In this area as well. DCFS in Baton Rouge. Department of Children and Family Services. Or Department of Children and Family Safety. Or, I forget the acronym. I apologize. But it's about protecting children. That's what their whole mission is. And recently they failed miserably. So badly in one case that it, that it made national coverage from our area in Baton Rouge and I'm ashamed that those type of stories make it onto the national stage because they shouldn't I'm talking about a little boy named Mitchell Robinson another two year old boy who died just like Ezekiel Harry 
Mitchell Robinson had a whole life he should have had in front of him, but didn't because of stupid choices of other people around him. Whether it was his mother, whether it was the social worker that worked at DCFS that was over his case, whether it was a supervisor that was over that worker, whether it was Marquita Walters, the agency head for the Baton Rouge Department, or for the state of Louisiana, I believe. None of these people protected this little baby. There was clear warning signs. The hospital, the police, they reached out to that agency and said, Hey, look, this baby overdosed twice already. The, la the second time was from fentanyl. He's lucky to be alive. But because these somehow there's no fail-safes in place, even though Marquito Walters sat there with Scotty Hunter on an interview and said there's fail-safes in place, they obviously weren't there. The, the definition of a fail-safe, Miss Walters, is that it cannot fucking fail. That's the definition of a fail-safe. It's to prevent something from failing. What did you fail? You failed to keep the life of a baby alive. That's what you failed, Miss Walters. That's what your department failed at. That's what that worker who you probably overworked and underpaid failed at. That's what happened. The mother failed. Whitney, hold on, I wrote it down too. Whitney Ard, you failed your son. You failed Mitchell. I understand if you have addictions and you have demons in your life and everything like that that you're trying to escape from. But you had a baby as well. You was a mother. Maybe it might be easy for me sitting here sideline quarterbacking, armchair quarterbacking this. But I can't fathom this. I can't. What You have no reason. You have no good excuse for this. You had two chances. And it was the third time the charm, unfortunately. And you had two chances within a couple of months. I mean, th these were kind of, these were back-to-back -back incidents. These weren't spread out over, over you know, a course of a year. This baby first got, first overdosed in April of 2022. April of this year. We're only in September right now. And this story broke out in August. So in April, you failed your son, which I think the first time anybody who knows what drug addiction is like, who knows what, what that environment's like, while there might be a lot of anger, there can be understanding and that things do happen and that maybe a chance is deserved, if any. I think the child should have been taken then. Now, a lot of people will feel the same way, but you have a system that's broken. You have a system that does not pay their workers enough and overworks them. They have a huge backlog and an overworked caseload, and there's a, there's a, from supervisors, they're trying to nudge 
their workers to speed up the process. Make it as effective as possible to wrap up their cases so they can get this one done, go to the next one. Get this one done, go to the next one. I wonder how defeated somebody must feel working in that environment where no matter how much work you do, you can spend, you can start your day at 5 a.m. and and stop at around midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, and you still will never catch up. They got 29 open spots right now in Baton Rouge for uh, for caseworkers. 29. Maybe the problem isn't that you can't find workers. Maybe the problem is you can't pay them enough to do that. I want to say the starting salary is around 30, 35 a year. 35 grand a year. Who in their right mind would a would a college degree is going to go take damn near a poverty wage job. These people have student loans to pay back. Obviously, they have some that's been forgiven, but they're a lot higher than the amount that was forgiven. I guarantee you that. You have to have some type of, of I think, either a bachelor's or associate's degree to be a social worker. So why am I talking about all this in a subject called Why God Why? Because of the fact you had all these humans that could have been used for good, that could have been guided. Yeah, they have free will. You don't think your your choices are motivated by external forces? There's reasons why we get up and go to go to work every day. Not because we want to make money. We want to make money to pay our bills, right? Or we want money to buy things. Those are external forces. Those are reasons. I guess my question to God is, how come this baby had to die? You let this baby live two other times. Why, why, why on the third one? If, if, if your plan was to let this baby die, because he's all-knowing, he knows what's going to happen. He knows, if, if, if we're supposed to believe in these rules that we were taught, that were, that were set in place about him, then he knew that this was going to happen. So if he knew that this was going to happen, and he had the power to stop it, to guide it, to make it go another way, as we all want to believe for everything that we want good to go in our life, how why is it so far from the mark for me to believe that he could just that he didn't allow it to go the other way, the bad way? I've read my Bible too. Remember the Book of Job. You know what I took away from the Book of Job? I didn't take away that that was a man's faith who was never going to be shattered and, and unshaken. What I took away from the book of Job, and I hate, I hate to admit it, but I'm going to admit it to you guys and gals and people. The book of Job was basically a bet between God and the devil to see if Job would break and curse God's name. Go read the first part of Job. The devil goes up to God and says, hey, you see your servant Job? 
See all the nice things you got for him? I bet you I can get him to curse your name. And if I can, I have a soul. To Job's credit, he never wavered against God. He cursed everything else but God's name. And then God blessed him. I guess the moral of that story in the Bible is to never curse God and he'll bless you in the end. What did Mitchell get in his life? He's dead. That little baby's gone. Where's his blessing? He was an innocent baby. His life didn't matter. His life wasn't important. What if that was the kid that was going to cure cancer, right? Those thoughts go through my mind, y'all. These thoughts do go through my mind. And I'm not, I, I know I can't be the only one to, to even think them. And I try to have a peace about it. I try to have an understanding about all this. I really do. But I go back to the same question like I did with Ezekiel Harry. Why, God? Why? Why did that little baby have to die? Why do so many people fail that baby? I hold all of us as a society accountable. I hold all of us as a city accountable. I hold all of us as a people accountable for these babies. Because we have the power when we're united. And as far as going back to DCFS and talking about their money issues and everything, and I don't mean to be political on this, but I, I'm go, I'm going to say something that might be political. Not 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 in the ways of political parties, but just how our politics operate. And I'm angry, so understand when I ask this: How the fuck we can find money to go to war? We can find money to. To make sure that our taxes are paid, that we can make sure anything that these that these senators and congressmen and, and and politicians want, we somehow can just pull money out of our ass and get. But when it comes to actually taking care of our people, when it comes to taking care of veterans, children, the sick, the poor, the homeless, we ain't got shit for them people. I think George Carlin said it best. That's because there's no money to be made off of those things. You can't make money off the homeless. You can't make money off the sick. You can't make money off the poor and of the little children. You can make money off of guns. You can make money off of medicine. You can make money off of industry. That's why. There's an answer to that. These people don't care. These people that are up at the top, they don't care. Now, they can boo-hoo and put on a good show and everything like that, but they don't give a shit. I wonder if Miss Marquita Walters is actually ever going to remember Mitchell Robinson's name. Mitchell Robinson III, by the way. The third. I wonder what his daddy and granddaddy's thinking right now. 
I wonder if his daddy's even in the picture. They never mentioned him in any of the news articles. That little baby deserved a chance at life. Not to die overdosing on fentanyl at two years old. You bet your bottom dollar that when I go to the pearly gates and God plays the movie of my life, he's going to play this scene right now, the scene that I'm recording. And I'm going to have that same question for him. Why? Why did this little baby have to die? What was your grand plan on that? Because I want to ask him. And not ask him out of hatred. Not ask him out of animosity. But ask, where were you at? In the midst of all this, you're everywhere. So if you were everywhere, you knew this was going to happen, you had the power to stop it, why didn't you? Why didn't you stop it? Why do I have to accept that, that God doesn't interfere in our lives? You read the Bible, he interfered in a lot of other people's lives. Did he not go down on Mount Sinai and write in stone the Ten Commandments to Moses through a burning bush? Did he not send down a, a, a chariot of fire to pick up the prophet Elijah? Send him off to heaven. Seems like interference in mankind to me. Did he not change the tides of war for David and King Solomon and King Saul? You read all those stories. He came back then. Why Why hasn't he been here now? Why, why hasn't he been here since Jesus? Because I think this society needs a real clear-cut example of what a loving God is. Because our human representation has been shitty, to say the least. Full of greed. Full of bitterness and hatred. Full of politics. There are very few Christian pastors I can name, I can count on one hand, that are real true blue, salt-of-the-earth Christians that I would blindly go follow. Even with all these questions I have, I would still blindly go follow them. I'll tell you two of them right now. And they're in my, and they're in my state for sure. And I love them to death because I, I do know them. And one was my youth pastor, Randy Goodo. I think he's serving in a church right now. and He moves around a lot. It's like a freaking nomad. I love him to death, but man, he he never stays in one place. I think he's serving at a church in Alexandria or Treeport right now. He's a pastor over there. Known Randy for over 22 years now. I've done things and said things to him <laughs> that should have got him to hate me and he just loves all me and he forgives me right I'm not going to go into those details maybe for another day but Randy has a good story too to tell and I hope he I hope he keeps telling it like he always does but a good man of God I actually have two more people I said two but I actually know three 
Another one was a guy I grew up with. A guy that I went to uh, my Christian middle school with and even high school with. And he was in my wedding. And he's a pastor now as well. John Bedreen. Johnny boy, I love you to death. I've seen you become, go from a young man to a man of God in our in our early years. And even though I haven't been able to keep in touch with you, I know you're a good man. I know you got a good heart. And I do check on you from time to time on Facebook, and I see that you're doing well. And right here in my town that I live in, at the Way Church, Pastor Joshua Spinks. I feel bad that I haven't been to his church in in quite a while, actually. I haven't been in one of his services in quite a while. I think there was a number of reasons why. I think one of them that really shook my faith was that uh, was that pastor I told you about, a young man, Jordan. That one shook my faith. The guy had cancer. Lung cancer at that. And never even smoked a day in his life. His dying breath was was praising Jesus. Very intellectual young man. Challenged me critically. Got me to critically think and open my mind. And that's what I do. I try to have an open mind when I when I hear these stories and when I when I learn new things. I don't just go to name calling people. They got so many instances in different aspects of life around here where people are just doing that. They just they just shut down completely and just start calling people whatever they want to call them. The classic I like to hear is whether you're on a if you're on a contentious political debate is oh that sounds like something a, a Republican or conservative would say or that sounds like something a li- liberal would say. Oh. That's not a good comeback line. It really isn't. I know I kind of diverged off the path, so let's get back on it, though. Robinson Mitchell. That little boy should have should have never have gone from this world at such a young age for something that stupid. Because it was a stupid reason for him to die. ODing for the third time. Where the hell is he getting these? I, I, I got so many questions. Oh God, where was he getting the drugs at? How did this mama sit? I mean, I never took fentanyl, so I don't know. I, I've smoked weed. I, I I did my partying with pills, you know, times in my life. Sorry about that, but I mean. Who the hell leaves these drugs out for these kids to get into? A two-year-old at that. I I don't know. What I do know is is that DCFS y'all y'all failed that baby. Y'all failed Rock, you know Mitchell Robinson the third. Y'all failed that boy. And it ain't no telling now how many kids you have failed. Because there's other stories too. There's at least one more I'm going to tell in another episode. 
And I, I couldn't fathom it either. Because when you think of DCFS, you know, and Child Protective Services and things of that sort of nature, you think of these nosy, nothing to do assholes who just want to make foster parents or regular parents' lives miserable. You get these calls and they go overboard and they try to take your kids away from you, which there are horror stories on that one as well. So the fact that they're so overworked and underpaid and they they just said, fuck it. You know, because uh, pretty much that's what happened with, with Mitchell from what I gathered from the story. The lady that was his caseworker, who's now suspended, probably suspended indefinitely if I'm going to assume anything correctly. Uh, she went on family sick leave. And failed to tell the supervisor. And the supervisor failed to check up. And that's how this baby got. This, how this baby died. How many other cases did she fail to tell her supervisor? How many cases has this supervisor touched where she failed to check up on anything? So many questions. Not enough answers. All I know is this. I hope that when I bring a child into this world, or hope that if I have to, I, which I wouldn't mind doing either, which be which would be to adopt a child. But I don't think I could be a foster parent. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, getting paid to take care of kids and everything. But those kids can get adopted and be ripped out of your arms. And I don't think me or my wife would look, would would want that at all either. It's probably why we don't do. Uh, rescues and adoptions either for our dog business because we just grow attached to these you know to the dogs i can just imagine us growing attached to kids but i hope that if i ever do bring a child in this world that i can try to be the best father i can be that i can take the mistakes take the faults Take all the bad things I've learned. Try to create good lessons. For either my son or my daughter. That's all I hope for. All I can tell y'all is, is. That I'm going through this journey with you. There's so many questions that I have. So many that I don't ever think is going to be answered in this world. I just hope that. God is forgiving and that he forgives my mindset when it comes to him and I hope that he has the understanding of where I'm coming from because I don't hate him I don't hate God I don't hate Christians I don't hate church I don't I grew up in it I do love it and I love, there are good people in it there are some shitty people in it too. And I just hope that those who are shitty hear this and I hope you change. I hope you become a, a, a pleasant person to be around. I hope you become somebody that's respectful to everyone around you. One thing I'm I'm I've learned to be about the last couple of years of my life for sure. Be respectful to everyone. 
even strangers. You know, if I'm walking and I'm in somebody and I'm in somebody's way, I say, "Excuse me, sir. Sorry to be in your way." Excuse me, ma'am. Or I hold the door for somebody, and if they say thank you, I say, "Well, you're welcome, and I hope you have a good day. And be safe." I, I just, you know, I tell people in the service industry, "Please and thank you." You know, I, I ask them how their day's going. Some people just look amazed and stunned when I ask them that. Showing simple kindness to people, it, it it's a it's a rare trait, I guess, nowadays. But it's a much needed one. So all I can ask for y'all to do is to be kind to one another. And treat them babies like they're your own. And protect them like they're your own. Because they need it. All it takes is one spark to flame a revolution. I guess call me Sparky McGee. Because I'm sparking here. And y'all catching on fire yet? Well, look, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. This is going to be the end of the episode. Uh, I got some announcements. So I'm about to talk about those now. So if you if you don't want to hear any announcements or anything like that, you can just turn off the podcast. It's over with. It's done. Stick a fork in it. I love y'all. Be blessed. Be safe. Bye. So I want to give y'all some good news. And if you clicked on to this podcast episode, I guess you might already know I now get ads. I can now put ads on my podcast. I can do host red ads as well and start getting paid for this podcast. I want to thank a lot of you for making that possible. For every one of you that's been listening and that's been staying tuned so far, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So what am I going to do with all the money, right? What if I make a bunch of monies? What am I going to do with it? Well, one thing I am going to do with it, research. It is expensive to get the court minutes on trial, on courts, on court cases, right? So if you don't know what the court minutes are, the court minutes are basically the transcripts of the whole of the whole trial. It tells you what was said in court. It tells you the evidence, explains it out in written form. Those cost money. I I bought the summaries of of the court minutes from two tri- two cases. And it was basically five piece five pieces of paper for twenty six bucks. Yeah, just to have a little stamp from the clerk of court on it. They're expensive. Sorry, I'd take a sip of something to drink. I'm still working on getting on Apple. So all my Google and Spotify and Anchor people, I appreciate your loyalty. Hopefully, we'll get some more people into this family, and I'm lining up more interviews. Yay, interviews, yay. Uh, It's kind of a two-edged sword. While I like doing interviews, the subject matter is what really bums me out on them. But these people need a voice and need a story to tell. And I got some stories to tell y'all. Man, they are are wild. I got, I I can't even tell you nothing else. They're just wild. Y'all stay tuned, stay in, stay involved. And I appreciate everything, all the love you've given me. Look, if you don't know that I'm on Facebook, I have a I have a group on Facebook. It's called A Man Apart Podcast. Come join the group. Come see what it's about. I post on there. I try to post on there every day or every other day at least. Mainly to let you know when the episode's about to drop. Mainly to let you know what's going on. But I hope y'all can, you know, if you want to add stories to, you know, tell me about stories to go look up. 
please, I, I'm I'm open to to getting messages from you, as for or, or comment and say, hey, can you look up this story? And if you know it personally, I would love to you know talk to you on the phone and talk about the story as well, so I can get a better perspective of it. Because some stories I, I don't know. Like I like a lady sent me a, a story about about somebody in Walker that, that died. I don't know. There's like there was like one news article. So now I got to go back to that person and be like, hey, what was the story really about? And that sort of nature of type of things. Uh, that's about it, y'all. I'm not going to ramble. So, like I said, find me on Facebook, A Man Apart Podcast. I'm on that group. I started it. It's, it's there. It's growing every day, too. Uh, I'm also on TikTok under JDogChewy216. Come give me an ad and see my anti-pedophile content and really see all the other content I used to have, too, before I started this, before I kicked this off. I had a, I had a, I had some great stories about my old job as well on there. You might like them. I don't know. I was I was going to do a podcast about my old job, and I said, nah, that's just being petty. I just did TikToks instead. <laughs> but, no, it, it, look, I... I you grow as a person, right? You 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 develop, you you evolve, and your your reasonings change over time. And in such a short amount of time, I've grown. I feel quickly as to why I wanted to do this, why I wanted to do this podcast. At first, it was to hate on pedophiles. It really was. I just had a murderous hate for them. While I don't condone murder and vigilante justice, I just had this hatred for them, an intense one. And now it's grown to really focusing on the on the survivors and the victims. Because that's really why that hatred. Because when I asked why do I hate them so much. And I really took a philosophical deep down look into my soul about it. That was why. The victims. People deserved better. So that's it. Look y'all. I love y'all. Y'all be safe. Take care. Y'all have a good one, okay? Protect your kids even if they're not your own. I love you. Bye.